that there is this, uh, this mix that we're all experiencing. Uh, you love him. You love him. And he's rejoicing. Uh, but we've lost out. And what is our loss is his gain. And so as we manage those emotions, it's okay. Uh, we're going to have a couple of guys, Brad and who is it, Joe? Brad and Joe, in a, in a few minutes, will be walking around to give you a chance to share. And I just want you to know, because I, I, this is a tender time this morning, and I don't want anybody to think that we're picking on you. But when, we, when you get the chance to share, Brad and Joe, they're going to hold the microphone. They're not going to give it to you, all right? And, and there's a reason for that, okay? So if you feel them pulling it away, uh, you, you'd much rather have, have the hand next to you pull that microphone away than some shepherd's hook from heaven snatch you up, right? Okay? Uh, so so we, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take advantage of that. But before we do, uh, we're going to invite Linda to come forward and, and share with us uh, her heart and some important things for the life of our church. And on behalf of our entire church body, we love you. We love you. Well, good morning. I always say that, don't I? It's so good to see everybody this morning. Um, <laughs> you know, we went back and forth. Are we going to, you know, the family, we're going to come, we're not going to come. Some people said, surely you're not going to come, the grieving process that you're going through and everything. And uh, we started getting texts and calls and different ones. And the very ones I didn't expect to say that, we really want to be here this morning was my son-in-laws because they have put up with our family all these years and said, well, what are we going to do? Are we just going to stay home or are we going to go into Rosedale Church in Bakersfield? What is that? We need to go to our church. You are our church family this morning and we wanted to be here with you. And uh, that's all. We just felt like that he expected us. It, I know a lot of, some of you may not know him uh, that intimate, but he really believed in going to church and being there. And he really believed that church services were healing services. So we're here today for healing. Our healing is going on right now, and you are part of our healing. And we know that you are hurting a lot of you. He's all you've known. He's been like a dad and a grandpa to you and an uncle and everything. Maybe even an aunt. No, not an aunt. But <laughs> I'm supposed to be the aunt, the grandma, the gummy. But, you know, he knows that you're hurting this morning. And he would want us here to share that with you. So don't worry about us. We're doing good. We really are. And God is helping us through this process. And that's what the Bible says, isn't it? That one song we sang that said that in the end you'll be singing, that's what Pastor Ross was doing. When he couldn't speak and he couldn't acknowledge us, he would hum. And so that's true. The word is true, and he will give you strength. And that's what we feel. We feel your prayers this morning. The girls were talking about that this morning, that we feel your strength in your prayers this morning. And just want to tell you how much we love you. And another thing I wanted to share with you was that a few weeks ago, Pastor Ross, he's been so concerned about his love. He loves his family, but he loves his church. And he was so concerned about you. And he wanted this 
legacy and this vision to go on. We didn't want it to be all about us, and those that know us close knew that that was not his desire, that this was all about him. But this is about our communities, Shafter and Wasco. It is about being a lighthouse for those that are hurting and those that are lost. And I'm sure that this morning at the end that Pastor Mike is going to give an altar call because that's exactly what Pastor Ross would want to happen today. So he told me, he said, he said, Linda, I want you to go call a couple, and their name is Jonathan and Lorana Rhodes. Four years ago, maybe three years ago, they left our staff. They were actually on staff here, but we had them replant a church in uh, Santa Paula. And when that came to an end, Pastor Ross asked them if they would come and be with us here. But at that time, they felt like the Lord was sending them to help his father and, you know, go up north, I think, first, and his dad. But anyway, they weren't ready to come. But he said, I want you to go call them and see if they are ready to come to Wasco. And so that's what I did when I got Lauren on the phone. I said, hey, you ready to come to California? She said, we sure are. So they came. We had them here on Father's Day. So if you were here Father's Day, that's who they are. And Pastor Ross talked with them about coming and being intern pastors for two years. And that Pastor Ross and myself would be the executor or the administrator of the church and watch over them and help them because they've never pastored a church of this size that we would stay by their side and help them for the two years and get them ready. And after the two years, we'll see what God does. But for right now, things are going to go on just like they are, guys. And they're going to come and they're going to minister. They're both great ministers. They're loving people. You're going to love them. Half of you already do. And this was my husband's plan and his wishes. This is what he wanted to see happen because he was so concerned about all of you and loved you. He wanted you to have the best. And they're coming. Okay? And so that's why I'm here this morning just to tell you. And just keep praying for us. And we're doing well. And thank you for all your food and everything that you've done for us. We so appreciate it. And uh, I think my husband was the greatest man in the world. And I think it was, I think it was, Not only the greatest man, I think he was one of the greatest pastors. And I think it was Rocky that said yesterday when we were talking, he said, you know, when they go in, the, in and say who's the who in pastoring, he said, Pastor Ross is going to be on the top of it. And I believe that. I think he's one of the greatest pastors that I've ever known. And I feel so privileged to have been with him. And I text, I text Patty and I told her, I said, Patty, we've been so blessed to have men like we've had. There's women in this world who would like to have one hour, just one hour with a husband like we've had. And I've had him. Yesterday was our anniversary, 49 years. And I've had him for 49 years. <laughs> and I got to tell you something really funny. I know I'm taking, I'm 
stand up, speak up, but I got to tell you something that's really funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> to lighten this just a little bit, you know, Pastor Ross had passed away, and there was numerous, all the family was around him, and we had called Pastor Bradley to come and pray with us, and we were all standing around, and his mother hadn't made it there yet. And she's not here this morning because we're having a grandbaby. Yeah. We're having a grandbaby today uh, in the hospital with Luke. So Luke is going to be coming. I was really shooting for our anniversary yesterday, but he's going to be stubborn like the rest of us. Anyway, she comes in, and, you know, she's 93, 94 years old. And she comes in, and she's, and of course, John was just her, her love of her life. And so she's crying and saying she doesn't. And I don't want to make, I'm making fun of this, but I'm sorry. Anyway, she's coming in and she's crying and hugging each person. If you know her, she's very loving. That's where he gets part of that love. And, and she's hugging everybody and saying she doesn't know what she's going to do. She loves attention for all of you that's given her all the bracelets. She would be here this morning, but we asked her to go to the, ba- you know, the hospital. So anyway, she goes all the way around hugging everybody, gets to the end of the bed, and I'm on the side on my bed, and Pastor Ross is in a bed next to me, and she gets to the end, and she looks, and she goes, I brought him into the world, and I loaned him to her. looked back and I go, and I knew that. <laughs> now, I, don't you know that Pastor Ross, he had already left and gone to heaven, was up there laughing at that? <laughs> I'm so glad I'll leave you here. God bless. God bless. Love you. Yeah, it was almost unspoken. It was like after you said that, it was like, and look what you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the family got together, uh, and Sam helped uh, put together a video where they recorded some of their thoughts, and they've edited that down to uh, a version they want to share with us this morning. So if you guys have that ready, we're going to step back and watch this, and then we'll have a chance amongst ourselves to share a little bit. Guys?
So if you came here to comfort the family only this morning, you discovered their secret that they seek to comfort us as well. It's just a, a wonderful ministry John and the family have. We thank you for sharing those thoughts with us. We really do. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity for others to share. Uh, this is how we like to do it. We've got Brad and Joe got microphones, and if you'd like to share something, they're just going to walk around and hold a microphone for you to speak. And uh, just want to remind you, you know, this is a worship service, and we, we, we seek to honor the Lord and comfort one another and to remember a dear brother. Uh, so if you get cut off or we don't have enough time for you, uh, after the service, you're welcome to linger and, and, and share with one another and with the family, all right? But we do want to take a few moments for those that wanted to share in front of the body. So just raise your hand, and the fellows will come around with a microphone and give you an opportunity to share, and, uh, and we'll move forward. thank you to Sister Roth and her family for sharing Pastor Roth with us. 20 years ago, we came here to Westside not knowing what to expect because we've always been raised in a Spanish church. So when we came, it was like, okay, you know, but the Lord had a plan. And I just want to thank God for Pastor Ross because if it wasn't for him, my family would not all be here serving God and in ministry. And I also want to say that 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, and we had just started coming here, and I'm like, I don't have a pastor to pray with me. At least that's what I thought. But lo and behold, my pastor walks in through my door in my home, and he sat down next to me by the sofa, and he says, I'm here, Connie. I am your pastor. And I just want to thank him and thank his family you know, for such a great pastor. We loved him very, very much and still do. God bless you. Thank you. Know this. We, went, we started out with 30 people. It wasn't no time to get to 
Brad, back over there in the back, I can see your hand. Well, there's so much to say about Pastor Ross. Um, he was just amazing. He held such a special, or holds, and will ever hold a special place in my heart, and Sister Ross as well. Uh, 15 years next month, he uh, married Alan and I, and dedicated both of our boys, but I think most importantly is he trusted his congregation, and I remember when we wanted to do vacation Bible school for the first year, and Pastor Ross, he, <laughs> he, is, he has the sweetest, biggest heart, and me and Corey came to him, and he's like, how much money, how much is it going to cost, <laughs> and that, <laughs> that was his first thing, and we said, well, um, he goes, okay, okay, you know. Um, all about the money sometimes, but you know what? He didn't care. It was about investing in the children, and it was investing in, in lives, investing in the community, investing in those that were lost, and just sitting back and reflecting on everything, and even reflecting in the different stages of Alan in our life, and you know, I remember one time Alan went and knocked on the door and um, was asking Pastor for some counsel and what have you, as every marriage has their problems, and I remember Pastor pa Ross once telling um, Alan, it's cheaper to keep her than to leave her, so you know. <laughs> 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 he had the, the best advice, but most importantly, he mm. walked what he taught. Mm. And he lived by example. And you couldn't complain about having a headache and not being in church because he endured so much more and was always here. And um, his legacy will forever, ever live on, not just in my life, but the lives of my children. Because um, when Malachi found out of his um, going home, um, he got napkins and we were sitting down eating and Malachi had napkins and he started crying. He goes, I'm really going to miss Pastor Ross. And that made my heart happy because that only showed me how big of an impact he not only had on us as adults, but on children. And that's forever going to live. And, and, you know, this is a season and it's, it's a season for us to take what he's taught us and he's sown into us and just keep on moving and continue to um, live that legacy and work. And, um, you know, Pastor Ross has shared many stories about, you know, labor and, and working hard and, you know, making sure we sweat, you know, and making sure we get our hands dirty. And, you know, I've committed um, to that. that Pastor Ross has sown into us, we will carry out and sow that seed into the community, into this church, and to others. So Sister Ross, thank you for sharing. Nancy, Bobby, um, Steph, and Sean.
Cheryl, thank you for sharing your dad because he was such a dad figure to many of us. And Darash will still continue to always be there for us and be gummy to our kids and the whole community. So we love you lots. Thank you. Joe, toward the back there. Brad, back there. Pastor to me 
was my good shepherd because he was teaching us everything that our father wanted us to know. I just wish that we had more time. If I could have had more time with him. But I know he's in heaven. But everything that he would teach us on Wednesdays and on Sundays, I recorded it in my heart because when I was going through a Catholic church, I couldn't receive the, the words that were spoken to us. And my pastor, he would always tell me, how's Nancy and how are you doing? And he goes, keep up the prayer more and don't lose faith. And God's going to, he's got a plan for all of us. And his smile will always bring a smile to me. And I remember when we got married, he goes, Mo, he goes, you're, a, you're another Don Juan, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. He goes, now, what was that? Baby, baby girl and, and all that. <laughs> you know, and he would always see me and give me a hug. And, and I miss, and I'm going to miss him saying, hey, big guy, how are you doing, Mo? You know, I want to thank all of you. belong to a good family because our family is from Christ and God and we believe in him but we have to keep coming because that's what our pastor really wants. That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <clears throat> we have time for a couple more. Right back there, Brad. about him. They always ask about him. And one night, a couple weeks ago, Carl asked me, he said, how's he doing? Said, you know, he's, he's doing all right. And he told me a story about him, his years in church and out of church, in and out. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out Christianity. He couldn't figure out how to walk it until he met Johnny Rock. Hmm. Johnny Rock showed him the way. He's here today. Because of one man, John Rolfe. John Rolfe. Amen. Thank you. Right behind you, Brad. Uh, yes, um, Ross was awesome. Uh, I've ne never been in church before, and um, I had uh, it was it was a Packer Sunday and. Earl Jones, Scott, all the coaches invited us to uh, Packer Sunday. So I was coming, and uh, you know I was sitting with the guys, you know the teammates, and we're just you know chuckling and laughing, and you know uh, thought it was just a, something to do for the program for for football. And uh, I showed up, and and there was Ross, and I looked up, and everything got serious. Everything was all you know. I saw a pastor, and it was like. It was like kind of different to me because I've never been in church. So uh, I looked up and I like, oh my God, it's starting to get real. And uh, everybody started going for prayer. And uh, so I went up because the teammates were doing it, so you know I just did it. Um, but ever since I did that prayer, I believe the Holy Spirit entered into me, and He never left. I, I felt the guidance through that from that day forward. I felt the guidance. All through uh, teenage years, high school years, uh, and it brought me back. And Ross has a glow, and every time I see him, he glows and glows. <laughs> and every time I would talk to him, he would just hug me and, and with a smile. It, it was just an anointing that he had. It was so blessed that 
I could feel it off him, and it, it was awesome. It was awesome. That was, that was a passion. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We have time for maybe one more. We've got someone in the back, Joe. Oh, and we've got another one over here. All right. I'm not going to leave you out. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank Pastor Ross and for the impact that he's put on our family. Thank you, sweetheart. I, she's married to Silva, so if I don't let her speak, he'll beat me up. So we'll have to end here for my personal protection. Uh. My, I just, uh, my, uh, it's my favorite memories of Pastor Ross and of his, is of his character, the humility he walked in and his love and integrity for the word. Um, right before he got sick this last time, he was doing a, the Wednesday night Bible study and it was just so intense. And Silvis and I on Tuesday would start saying snake night tomorrow night because he wanted everybody to get ready. He was so burning in his heart. Get ready, church, wake up, church. Do you know the time we're in? You know, and that was so much on his heart. And I was thinking about Jonathan David and David, how they had promised to each other that if something happened to one of them, that the other one would take care of their family. 
And our commitment and honor to Pastor Ross is to take care of this family and to take care of our church family. And extend that to Jonathan and uh, Lorana when they get here. That is a, such a great honor that Pastor chose them. That tells us of Jonathan's character and who he is because he would not turn this church over to just anybody. And that was one of the last things he did is, okay, this is where I'm gonna turn my congregation. So honor that young man, lift him up, and everybody hold each other up. We are a family. Linda, you're, the, you're it, you're the man. You're the woman. I love you. It's a man's church, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, one more. Go ahead, Joe. I just want to come out with the meeting with Pastor Cook. I'd like to say something about Pastor Ross. Uh, Pastor Ross and I uh, had a different kind of uh, relationship. I was his secretary when he first got the church, and it was an honor serving alongside of him. And uh, we didn't always see eye to eye. And sometimes that isn't always kind of difficult. And you know, but that's okay. I mean, never going through a seminar. And he was the speaker. And he, they were asking him about what makes, what does make, what makes you successful? You know, what makes you successful? And he was saying, surround your, yourself with people who don't think just like you. And that was like, it was like amazing. And I remember it was up in Fresno at the cornerstone. <laughs> and so 
Gary, they say it's a man's church, but I'll tell you what, uh, it's stuff like that we wonder, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we have to take an offering. We have to. Uh, and as you know, he wanted us to celebrate giving, uh, so we're going to ask our ushers to come forward now. And children, stay here. We're going we're gonna to be over in about, well, I say in five to ten minutes, but I am a preacher, so i got to... You have to interpret that, but I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. You know, we talk about uh, John in the past because he has passed away from us, uh, but he's in the present, you know. He's just a little ahead of, the, of us in the race, and as we take up this collection, it's to further the, the administration of the gospel, of continuing to reach out not only in our community but across the world, uh, so we continue to, to give uh, to the ministry. Uh, so gentlemen, ladies, go ahead and take our offering, then we'll pray afterward. Beyond all reason, you gave your life, your all for me. goes out to you the praise goes out to you today the day I live for one thing to give you praise in everything I do the praise goes out to you found love found love beyond all reason you gave your life your all for me Call me yours forever. On in the mercy fall out. Found hope, found life, found all I need. You're all I need. 
me The time has come to stand for all we believe in So I for one am going to give my praise to you Today, today it's all or nothing All the way Praise goes out to you, yeah Praise goes out to you Today, today I live for one thing To give you praise in everything I do, yeah Praise goes out to you In everything I do, yeah The praise goes out to you Oh, in everything I do, yeah the praise goes out to you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. You know, Pastor Ross, he uh, he always, he was a giver. And it, it, there's a lot of things that he gave that people never knew about. And, you know, the Bible says don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing when you give. And I would encourage you, to carry on that legacy also, to be a giver. He always said, prove the Lord with your finance. You know, he talked about uh, uh, about tithing, and, and he would say, and if you can't give 10%, then work up to it. Start where you can, become a giver, prove God, let him be faithful, and then as he blesses you, then give. But but he always, he always said, 10% is only a starting place. That's only a starting place because it all God owns it all. So if he calls for it, you should be, you should give it all. And I was like, oh, when I was a young Christian, I was like, oh, okay, I'll take your word for that one. <laughs> so anyway, remember that uh, he had a legacy of being a giver. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you and we're so grateful for what you've given to us, Lord. And this morning we're cheerful givers, Lord. We give in faith and we give with joy. We know, Lord, that you're going to take the finance of this church and that you're going to affect not only our town, not only our county, not only our state, but our nation and around the world. Father God, we ask in Jesus' name that you bless everyone that's given. Lord, that you'd open the windows of heaven over them. Father, that as they've given, Lord, let them receive, Lord, so that we can be givers again. We thank you now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a couple of things I need to let the body know about about uh, for uh, Pastor Ross's services. Pastor Mike was saying his service is scheduled to be here at the church at 10 a.m. on Friday morning. Uh, there will be viewing at Peter's Funeral Home down on 7th Street from 5 to 8 on Thursday night for those of you who might want to, uh, to do that. Uh, so many of you have called and texted wanting to know what you can do. Uh, as you know, we were going to have a 30-year celebration uh, uh, back in May. And so uh, we already had deposits and everything in for the food and the desserts and all of that uh, that has been paid already. So we're going to utilize that. We were going to have a 30-year celebration of Westside slash actually Pastor's Roast. <laughs> uh, but we're going to use that money and we're going to celebrate 30 years of ministry here at Westside for Pastor Ross going home. So uh, all we need to bring, ladies, is salads. 
just simply salad. So if you can get the word out, we have plenty of dessert. We'll have plenty of the of main dish, uh, the meats. So that is all that we're going to need. So if you can get that word out, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And then uh, you're uh, wanting to know what you can do physically to help. We are needing help on Wednesday night after service to set the sanctuary up with chairs. Uh, and get it all ready to go. But the cleaners will be here on Thursday to clean up. So if we can get it all set up on, on Wednesday night, that'd be uh, uh, amazing. And then on set, uh, Friday morning, uh, Brother Juan Bernal is going to be getting a group of guys together uh, for to meet out here at 7 a.m. The uh, rental place is bringing out the tables and chairs. So we'll need help at, uh, between 7, 7.15 on Friday morning. And then, ladies, you can be here between 8.30 and 8.45, and we'll get everything all set up and then uh, let you know who will be serving everything. And then after the service that day, everybody, if you could just stay and help clean up and get ready for our, our worship service on Sunday because Saturday is a uh, holiday. So, and then uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the obituary online or in the paper. But uh, the uh, family wishes uh, that if instead of sending flowers, that you would contribute to our children's ministry here that, for the building. How many know how Pastor Ross, like uh, I was looking over our uh, uh, progress reports and it was like he was trying and trying and trying to get everything all passed with the city and everything to get going on that building. And so what a great, a great, amazing gift it would be for a pastor to get that completed. So if you uh, were planning on sending flowers or if you want to donate, just put, uh, drop it in the offering or you can mail it to the church, whatever you want to do, and just write on it, uh, uh, build a children's ministry in memory of Pastor Ross. So if you would do that, we'd really, really appreciate the family would. They want to make sure that everybody knew that. Okay, and then uh, that's it. We'll see you guys all. Uh, we'll see you guys all on Wednesday. Okay, bless you. Thank you, Rhonda. On Sunday, uh, a week ago today, uh, John had uh, Jonathan and Lorana and uh, had them meet together with he and Linda and, and others to solidify what was of the utmost importance to John. And I want to set it in context for you if I can. I've just got a couple brief things to say here that are, are straight from our brother John, all right? Uh, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, a little bit of what Paul said was part of his struggles uh, in the price that's to be paid for ministry. Uh, uh, he wrote, uh, verse 24, he says, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Uh, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city and dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among the false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship and through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst and often without food in cold and exposure. Now I would honestly confess to you that not all of those experiences did John go through. I don't recall him being whipped 39 times with a lash, although it felt like it, you know, uh, the emotion. But the physical battles 
that go on in ministry are difficult because the, the spiritual and the emotional are so intertwined. Uh, but then, of course, uh, through the years, the different battles he had with, with his physical struggles, all weighing on him, all adding to that. But I want you to notice how Paul lists all those things, and then he gets to verse uh, 28. And really, the, the, the language says, basically, and on top of all of those things, almost like you and I would use that phrase, last but not least, he says, last but not least, apart from all of these external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of concern for the church. I went through all those physical struggles, but on top of that, what was the greatest difficulty for me, Paul says, was the concern, the burden for the church. Uh, I, I've been privileged to be involved in ministry now for, for uh, how long? 40 years, almost, almost 40 years. And during that time, countless times I've stood or sat at the, the grave of a saint who's ready to pass on, and they linger, they hold on, they, 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 they fight, they don't let go, because there's somebody, there's something yet undone, somebody they want to see. It may be a, a, a dear friend or a close family member, and they will hang on, and when that final connection is made, uh, then they're able to let go. Their, their work is done, and perhaps you've seen that, maybe even experienced it in your own family. Uh, a week ago today, John was alert, bright, lucid, on top of his game, and he sat down and took care of what was of the greatest importance to him, and that was the continuation of God's ministry at Westside Family Fellowship. Not John's ministry. He understood he was a steward, but of God's ministry here. And as he spent hours articulating the, the core of the gospel and the responsibilities of pastoring and leadership and almost as, as Paul did with the leaders at Ephesus as he was leaving them and challenging them. So John did, making sure that both his wife and his church were cared for, those great loves. His little baby was, was a thousand miles away on a ministry assignment, and they kept in touch technologically. He was all right. He was all right with that. But the church wasn't fully yet handed off to what he knew, and he took care of that. And by Monday morning, a market change occurred, and with 72 hours passing, he passed away. And what he lingered for, what he was waiting on, was to make sure that the ministry of Westside Church was placed into God's hands in the right way. That was what he had been waiting for. That great burden, listen, it's been said over and over today, and I want to affirm it from Scripture and from the experience and the testimonies we heard. John loved this church, not the building, the people. He loved us. And his work was completed when he knew it was time to let go. I was commenting to Linda that in some ways I, I see a parallel between John and Moses. You know, and Moses, an incredible man of faith, carrying out the work of God. But when it came time to cross over to the promised land, his work was done. Not God's work, but Moses' work. A little flipped, you know, but, but still I see, you know, Moses got the instructions for the worship center, and so did John, you know. And Moses built it, so did John. You know, and, and, and Moses was just so critical to the life of Israel in its early days and moving out into independence. So was John. 
Uh, the difference being that Moses only got to peek over the hill and see the promised land in glory, and the people went forward. It's the opposite for us. We're, we're still peeking over that hill. We haven't entered the promised land, but John has. John has. And he has uh, boldly and confidently relinquished this ministry into the hands of our Lord God Almighty in a way that will be glorified. And as others have said, uh, we will see Jonathan Lorana this Friday. They will be here, and uh, we will receive them with open arms and follow them uh, just as we follow John, because this church does not belong to John Ross. And he was clear on that, wasn't he? Who is the head of this church? Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ's church. And so uh, today as we gather, we don't grieve as those who have no hope, but we do grieve. We do grieve. But the hope we have is the same hope that never disappoints and that John realized. You know, it was a faithful band of about 30 folks 30 years ago that set out on this journey. And, and so many of us, were never, we weren't there, but we've been blessed and benefited by that. Today, 30 years later, uh, the church now begins another leg in that ministry. And there are a host of others out there that have never stepped foot inside this building, that have yet to be reached by the ministries of Westside that you will have a part in, that you and I will continue on and reaching out as we're led. And so remember that. We, we have just been blessed with an incredible first chapter in God's work in Wasco uh, uh, through this church. The last thing I want to say is Linda made a comment to me, and when she did, I was like, oh, that is just so true. And, and, and those who are close to John would say this. You know, he, uh, John wasn't perfect. If you've been here today and this is the first time you're here and you hear us talking about him, you might think he was like St. John, you know. But trust me, he wasn't perfect, all right? We could have a whole other service of testimonies about his blunders, right? Uh, he was great. He was not perfect. He made his mistakes. Uh, and when you made mistakes, he was gracious. He was too gracious, to quote Linda. He was great. Why? Because that man had been touched by God's grace in a real way. He had been snatched from the pit of despair. And, you know, he was in Wasco and was sort of run out of town the same way that Moses was run out of, of Egypt and then returned when it was the right time. He understood second chances. He knew that's where the power of what God accomplishes really happens because no longer can we lay claim. It's all about what God has done. And it was about the grace of God. And that gracious spirit was genuine because he had experienced it. The reason we are, we are battling between the emotions of sadness and grief and just exultation and celebration today, the reason you can see the family behave the way they do on that video, I mean, that's like we can make money on a sitcom with that stuff as they're talking about their beloved father and husband. Pastor, how does that happen? Here's how. Years ago, how many years ago did John accept the Lord? It was... 30, 1972, and this is 2015. So what are you talking about? Brad, you're good at math. Is it 43? 43 years ago. 43 years ago, John, for the first time in his life, was willing to confess this truth. I've sinned, and there's a penalty to be paid for that. And God said, it's forever to be separated from him. And I don't want to be separated from God forever. 
And that same God who said, you sin and you got to be separated from me forever, he's the same guy that said, but I'm going to give you a second chance by my grace. I love you. I want to forgive you for that sin. And John said, I want to be forgiven. Here's how. For God loved the world so much, including John and you and me, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever, man, woman, black, Why? It doesn't matter. That whoever says, I believe in Jesus Christ, who died in my place, that that person will have everlasting life. John made that confession. He admitted he had sinned, and he knew he needed to be forgiven. And when he asked that Jesus Christ be his Lord and Savior, he was saved. And he experienced that incredible regeneration and renewal that comes with a second chance that God gives. That's what empowered him in ministry. That's what made him the man that you and I loved. That's what made him able to do things beyond even superhuman strength at times. You would wonder, how can he be that way? How can he come up here and function when he's got so many chemicals and, 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 and poisons and stuff running through his body and wires and robots and all that stuff? How does he do that? It was that supernatural power that originated in that moment when he was willing to humble himself under the mighty hand of God and say, I have sinned. I need to be forgiven, and there's only one person who can do that, God Almighty. He, he gave me Jesus as my Savior. That's the message that he preached in this ministry for 30 years. That's the message that will continue to be preached in this ministry until the Lord returns. Amen? That's what, that is what we will live and we will preach. And I can think of no greater honor than if somebody here today says, you know what? I... I that's, I've never done that. I've, I've played around. I've, I've been worried about what people think of me, whatever the case would be. But I've never arrived at that point where I just simply looked God in the eye and said, I admit it. I have sinned. I need to be forgiven. I can think of no greater honor to our brother than on this worship service day that you come, stand here before a church body who loves you, and make that confession. You know, I believe the scripture teaches that those who pass away enter into the presence of the Lord immediately. And although John does not have divine powers to see all, I believe that he's able to see the events that are happening now for which he cares. And I believe at this moment, he's aware of what's happening right now. And for his ministry to continue on in a moment where somebody else now gets a taste of the grace of God, that second chance on the tail end of his ministry. He's, he's not a good dancer here, but he's a great dancer in heaven. And you get him dancing. I, I believe that. And so I'm going to invite you in a moment. If you say, I, I need to make that confession. We have leaders in our church. If you come forward and stand here, they're going to come stand right next to you. And after I give a moment, anybody wants to come, we'll let you stand here with the leader and I'll lead you in a prayer. And before I close and offer that invitation, I do want to remind each and every person here, we have heard it said in other, other, other funerals and memorials, you hear the word celebration, the phrase celebration of life. I'm telling you, the celebration of life that you are experiencing in the testimonies and the scripture and the songs and the family, all the celebration today, it's not celebration in the life of John Ross. It's a celebration in the life of Jesus Christ that was born into the life of John Ross that you and I got to experience. And that will never pass away. That's what empowers us. 
And a hundred years from now, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, your race will be over too. And we all will be with John in eternity. And if you want to join us, if today's the day for you, we're going to invite you to come. So if we can all stand, please. And as the worship team leads us in a final song, if you say, I would like to come and offer that prayer, I'm going to invite you to come right now as we sing this song. And leaders in our church, if you see somebody come, if you would come stand next to them, somebody stand next to them, all right, as we finish off with this closing song. Father God, we thank you so much that indeed you love us. We thank you for the relationship that each of us in our own way have shared with your servant. As we continue through this week and uh, make our way uh, through the assignments you have for us, uh, we do put at the forefront of our prayers uh, the Ross family. We ask that you continue to comfort them and bring uh, consolation to their hearts able to rejoice in the things that bring joy and to comfortably be able to weep over the things that are lost uh, temporarily, but certainly in this, in this moment. We thank you for our church. We pray for Jonathan and Lorana, who are in the midst now of a transition in their life, and prepare us to embrace them and to support them and to join with them as we continue on in your ministry here uh, in Wasco. We thank you for this morning and just bind up the things that have been shared in our hearts as we remember our brother John and thank you so much for your sharing him with us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.